0: Now the story takes place a few years ago, before the virus hit. I was visiting my aunt in Louisiana when we decided to take the Bloody Mary's Haunted Museum tour. For some context, she's one of the more famous ghost adventurers in the state, as well as being very high rank in voodoo. Forgive me, as I'm not really sure what to call positions in voodoo. Anyways, so my aunt and I got to the place, and we started our tour. There had actually been a murder-suicide case in that house, Zack and Addy, if you want to look it up, and it's seriously messed up. While on the tour, we had noticed that there was a room full of dolls. And I'm talking full, like everywhere. There had actually been over a hundred dolls in that room, but not including a crawl space in the back. Our tour guide said it was to please young children's spirits. I shake at the side of the dolls and continue with the tour. At the every end of the tour, we were shown haunted objects behind glass, but a very certain one had caught my eye. It was a two-foot girl doll with a purple dress with a white flower crown on. That's Winnie, our tour guide said. Well, apparently Winnie was the most active doll spirit they had, and apparently it had even bit one of their employees. Our tour guide strictly instructed us not to taunt her, but I was dumb and I did what he said not to do. I said to the doll, how about you do something and I'll believe in you? You know, like a fucking idiot. Nothing really happened right away, so I kind of felt a little disappointed about it. Later that night, I had woke up only to not have control of my body. I couldn't talk or move. All I could do was lie down. I couldn't see from my ankle, but I could sense someone or something moving around the bed, if that makes sense the presence would move from my right foot to the left and then repeat. I then started to feel a little warm, then even warmer, until I felt like I was being cooked. I guess when others feel cold with fear, I feel like I'm being baked in it. This went on for God knows how long, but I remember waking up when the sun came up. I instantly ran from that room to the safety of my aunt. It took me a few more years for me to actually apologize to both Bloody Mary and Winnie, But I'm so glad that I did. I definitely learned my lesson not to mess with haunted items again. And if anyone ever goes down to the Haunted Museum in New Orleans, please tell Winnie. Silver says sorry. I used to work part-time at a small non-profit adult home. The building had dated back to over 200 years. It was once a home for troubled women and orphans, then a hospice. And finally, in 1896, a home for the elderly. From my first day there, I had heard the stories. The knocking on doors during the night while no camera can catch the culprit. Residents spoke of children being kept hostage in the basement, while staff mentioned seeing a young girl in a dress wandering the floor. Shadow figures lingered in the kitchen, and most notoriously, a woman in the white dress who hazed the newbies. No one ever made it more than a month without at least one encounter. I, unfortunately, have had far more than that, though. I could spend paragraphs recounting every ghost that wandered those halls, or I could limit it to the most prevalent four. The woman in the white dress. She's the first most people see. A full-body apparition with dark curled hair and an old-timely white dress. My mother has seen her face in the attic window, and disappear around corners. Now in my case, she scared the absolute hell out of me while I was stocking the drink coolers. I was on the second floor in the oldest section of the building. The halls were quiet, and I was sitting on the old musty carpet stocking mini root beers when I looked up and there she went across the end of the hallway. She was as real as any other person, but her feet never touched the ground. Then there's the red elevator. This is definitely the most malevolent energy. There's one big red elevator on the newer side of the building. The door will open at random with no one around. Whenever you get on alone, you can just tell something else is there. The car will suddenly grow cold, and this heaviness sets in. Some people will get goosebumps, but otherwise it's alright. I have actually felt a hand around my neck more than once an inability to breathe, and a tightening in my chest. Once the doors open, the feeling will disappear, and the presence is gone. Now the basement. People will often say that there's children haunting the basement. Others say it's a past resident who enjoys playing pranks. Regardless, all of the servers were absolutely afraid to enter it. I've never felt the same heaviness as in the elevator leading down. Instead, I've had a chair pull away from the wall slide several feet, and then stop to face me. Or my papers and salt shakers would often slide off the table with no kind of breeze or explainable cause. But in the end, it only feels like good fun. Lastly, though, there's the shadow. I've seen shadows before, but there was something vivid about the one that haunted the kitchen. It would often follow you around and stop to hide behind the cabinets and watch you. I normally ignored it whenever it was around, or at least until the morning. I found it sitting in the dark dining room, only for the resident who normally sat at that table to then go to the hospital later that day. I've since stopped working there, but I continue to hear stories of these hauntings from past coworkers. There's no doubt in my mind that that place is extremely haunted. I found the Randonautica app recently. With its promise to lead you on an adventure to an anomaly, I figured with all the strange happenings I keep finding around my hometown, I might as well try it. I decided I'd try to find something I've long dreamed of meeting, a vampire. After channeling my intentions, the directions led me somewhere very familiar, a very large house down the road from my own, but it wasn't the closeness that was notable. It was whose house it was. And for that, we'll take a step back to fall 2020. It was the middle of the pandemic, and I was Instacarting with my mother for some extra cash. We had a pretty strange order that day. Three gallons of bleach, a pack of American cheese singles, a few salads, and a small jug of milk. Yep, you heard that right. An order so weird it's burned into my memory. Either that person is compensating hard for their lactose intolerance, or something was up. If you're not familiar with how Instacart works, you don't get the exact address you're delivering to until you finish shopping. We were pretty happy to find that our customer, let's call him T, lived so close to us. It was getting late, and he was tipping well, and it'd be a straight shot home. It seemed like a perfect end to the day. From the distance, we always knew that that house was kinda pricey, that we could only dream to afford it. It was a beautiful white mansion with a large wraparound driveway and a really expensive lawn. There was a small private pavilion, a tennis court even, but upon approaching, it wasn't quite as it seemed. The flower beds were overgrown and full of dead foliage. There were dead leaves scattered across the dusty sidewalk. A few rotting pumpkins laid on their sides and not a single car in the driveway or any sign of life in the house. The place honestly looked abandoned. There was a note to leave all the mail and groceries outside the door and two large gargoyle knockers stood in place of the doorbells. What always seemed to be a perfect getaway home was really just the modern Gothic mansion of my dreams. Only some guy I never got to meet lived there with a whole lot of bleach. I kind of forgot about tea for a while until the next few weeks late in the afternoon, he'd order more bleach. Lots of bleach and very few items other than that. It's been a running joke that T was a vampire. He only had guests at night, never was seen doing yard work, ordered his small amounts of groceries through Instacart to keep up his appearance, and he had the bleach to clean up the mess. My mom thought he was a germaphobe or maybe even a serial killer. I figured I just wanted to be his roommate. That house was really rad, especially if someone cleaned it up a little. But for some reason, I couldn't help but get a really weird feeling when a year later, I was led to T's front yard when I asked to be led to a vampire. I guess I want to thank Randonautica for confirming my suspicions. Hey everyone, this episode has been sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-seasoned ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Enjoy a wide variety of easy, delicious options for all three meals a day, plus every snack and special treat in between within the HelloFresh market. HelloFresh's high-quality fresh ingredients are sourced directly from growers and delivered from the farm to your front door in under a week. Contact-free, of course. I love HelloFresh personally because it just really comes in handy on nights where I just don't really feel like cooking, especially on nights when I'm just getting home from the gym. It just really makes things so much easier on me. Go to HelloFresh.com Dinner14 and use code Dinner14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Dinner14 and use code Dinner14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Alright everyone, let's get back into the stories. Now, before I start this story, I want to thank all the veterans out there. My grandpa served in World War II and liberated the Nazi concentration camp Dachau. My grandpa and my dad's side served in World War II, and both my dad, stepdad, and uncle served in Vietnam. Thank you for your service. Now, the story is in no way talking about the Vietnam War or any of the fallen soldiers, missing soldiers, or Vietnam veterans. This is just my first and only experience at the Vietnam Memorial Wall. It'll all make sense in a few minutes. So bear with me. My parents and I were watching the movie Wild America, which is still one of my favorite movies to this day. If you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. It's a pretty good movie. You'll understand why I started this story with the movie Wild America in a few minutes. So there's a part in the movie where the three brothers are at their campsite with a mountain man talking about the cave with a thousand sleeping bears. One of the brothers says, Anytime mister, you'll see it on TV. The mountain man then replies with, ain't got no TV. They all start laughing, and the mountain man disappears out of nowhere. The three brothers get up and look around, but the mountain man is nowhere to be seen at all. I remember saying to my mom, that would be a real trip to see that in real life. My mom turns to me and looks at me, and then says, that did happen to us, don't you remember? At the Vietnam Wall in D.C. I immediately recalled the memory of that day and it flooded back into my brain like an SR-71 blackbird flying at 3002 miles per hour and I remembered it. Holy shit, you're right, I remember that. I replied as my jaw dropped and my mom said, yeah, remember the random guy who helped us find a few names on the wall? Yeah, tell me again what happened, I said. My mom then goes on to say. Remember, it was blistering hot and we kept drinking cold water and sodas because we were trying to cool down. Oh yeah, but we couldn't, I said. My mom continued. We walked down to the wall and there were very few people there. We were trying to find a few names, but we were having trouble. So this random guy came up to us and he showed us specifically where the names were. My eyes widened as the memories then flooded back to me. You know, I remember that, I replied. Yeah, he helped us, and as soon as we turned around to thank him, he disappeared. We looked around, but nobody matching his description was there. It had really freaked us all out a little, but we just kept going, she said. At this point, I remember almost everything, and then said, Oh yeah, I remember I'm helping you guys, and I kind of looked at him weird because didn't he look just like me? I asked. My mom's eyes then widened, and she then said, yes he did look like you. I then told my parents my side of the story. He helped me first and I kind of just looked at him like, what the hell? Almost doing a double take because he looked exactly like me. I should have said something about it, but I didn't want to sound weird or crazy. But still, it looked exactly like me. I remember him saying something to me. I think it was about the war in Vietnam and how important it was to see the Vietnam memorial and how we should always honor the men who served in the war in Vietnam. I started mustering my courage up and I was about to say something to him. Not about the war, but about him looking just like me, but he was gone. I remember looking over at you guys and saw him. I thought, oh man, they're going to think it's me and say something about it. I looked at the wall again for not even 15 seconds and there definitely wasn't enough time for him to run without anyone else noticing. But when I looked back at you guys, He was gone, like a ghost. The guy even sounded like me. Do you guys remember what he was wearing? My mom then said, pretty much what you wear, blue hoodie and blue jeans, your age, blue plaid shirt, blonde hair and glasses. I swear right now, the laugh in the song that played in that part of Wild America just keeps playing over and over in my head right now. And even when we were talking about this, My mom then looked at my stepdad and he said the same exact description as my mom had said and I said yeah that's right weird huh my mom replied I said yeah I remember feeling kind of creeped out by it but not really scared yeah me too my mom replied we never saw the guy again the rest of that trip we were just walking around and seeing all the sights and pretty much everything after that for the most part was normal The reason why the title of my story is Ghost at the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. or me is because ever since we talked about that day, I don't really know who the guy was. Whether he was a ghost or if we were somehow caught into some sort of time loop or if I somehow in the future traveled through time and helped myself and my parents out, reminding me of how important it was to see the Vietnam War Memorial Wall in Washington, D.C. and how we should always honor the men who served in the Vietnam War maybe it was just his way of telling me remember why you're here maybe he was a ghost maybe it really was me just telling myself that to let me know yes it's me showing you that i'm you but not actually saying it then helping my parents before disappearing due to a time paradox something i just thought of is my mom always said that i looked like my dad when he was my age my sister even says that i look so much like him i still pretty much look like my dad anyways So maybe it was my dad's ghost helping us and we had no idea. That would kind of explain why it didn't help anyone else while we're at the Vietnam Veterans Wall. I don't know. It still really trips me out to this day and it makes me think about it. I think about it more now than I ever did. I even started looking up YouTube videos and pictures on Google on the Vietnam Memorial Wall in Washington, DC tonight to see if I could see anyone that looked like me, but nothing. Not a soul in the pictures or on YouTube looks like me. I know we all have doppelgangers out there, but if it was really mine, then how did he disappear so fast without anyone knowing or even seeing? I really wish I had said something about him looking like me. Hell, even asking for his name. Maybe one day I'll take another trip out there someday. Not just to see if he'll be there, but to also honor the soldiers at the memorial wall and say thank you for your service to all the soldiers who died in Vietnam. Well, I guess that's it. That's my story. If anyone has any stories like mine, please let me know in the comments section of Southern Cannibal's YouTube video, since I watch a lot of his videos and read the comments. Thank you. And once again, to all the veterans out there, thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. so a little background. My dad was a cop in our small town of about 15,000 people for 33 years. About five to seven years into the job, he and his partner were patrolling the area our house was actually in. They received a call out from an elderly person who was scared someone broke into their house and was making noise in the attic. It was a small attic, but was big enough to be a small bedroom this house was about seven to eight houses down from our house and just around the corner of another street and there had never been any call outs for this house now it was a normal looking house kind of a cookie cutter home since our neighborhood had been built in the 20s through the 40s there was nothing really creepy about it whatsoever so my dad and his partner weren't too concerned since our neighborhood was a pretty safe area of the town they figured it was just wood creaking or something along those lines since it was an older home. They arrived at the home and went to the door and knocked a few times. The older lady answered the door and my dad and his partner asked if they could come in. She quickly obliged. She then told them that she had been hearing noises from Radek off and on for the last few hours. At this point in the story, it's important to understand that my dad and his partner don't believe anything paranormal. So my dad said, all right, he'll head up there and take a look. His partner stayed downstairs with the very nice lady, who even offered him a cup of coffee, and as a cop working third shift, he couldn't turn that down. My dad started up the stairs and realized since the stairs were very narrow, he would soon be entering a really small space. There was a 90 degree turn with a few more stairs to get to the top, and as he turned, he heard what he thought was a TV on. He then proceeded up to get a good look into the room. It was only illuminated by the TV. A voice then said to him, Hi officer, I'm very sorry she called you. You see, she has dementia and sometimes she forgets I come up here for some peace and quiet. My dad, while finding the situation a little strange, all of a sudden told the man that he would let his wife know that it was just him and there was nothing to worry about. My dad then tracked back down the stairs to see his partner sipping some coffee and he then told the lady that it was just her husband upstairs watching TV and that there really wasn't anything to worry about. The woman's face went blank and she told them that her husband had passed away about two months ago. At this point, my dad knowing that she apparently has dementia attributed to her thinking that her husband had died but he clearly didn't. My dad then asked his partner to go up the stairs and asked the man to come down to console his wife who was showing a lot of anxiety. All of a sudden, they heard Boots blasting down the stairs like a galloping horse as his partner got to the bottom of the stairs. He then started to yell that they have to go, and there's no one up there. It's just an empty room with cobwebs. My dad dropped the cup of coffee that he was holding for his partner, and they bolted out the house and back into the cruiser. Knowing they had a job to do, they knew they couldn't just leave the lady scared and alone, so they took a minute to collect themselves and then briefly discuss what had been seen. They called for an additional unit and then went back inside to check on the lady. She was fine, just sitting on the couch. They then started to apologize for leaving so quickly. They then both went up the stairs to make sure it was empty, and it certainly was. It was later confirmed that her husband had in fact died about two months prior. Now, my dad never makes up stories. He doesn't believe in ghosts or anything of that nature. To this day, He still says there had to be a logical explanation. He said he knows what he saw was real, and that he saw a man and spoke with them, but I think he knows he's lying to himself when he says there's a logical explanation. His partner's still around and they're still good friends, but they both chose to never speak of that night ever again.